Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of A Fresh Breath of TV. Uh, This week we're going to be covering our favorite ships, also ships that we lost because the writers couldn't get it together. Um, So let's jump in. You go first, girl. All right. So do we each want to do like our number five and then go down? I feel like we're going to overlap a lot. I know at least two we're going to overlap. (laughs) So yeah, you can just go for it and go down your list and then we'll just circle back if it's um ships that we overlap okay cool okay so my five is going to be um joey and pacey from dawson's creek that was probably my first ship i feel like that was like the first one that really got me I was totally watching that show when I was way too young to be watching that show. (laughs) I just love them together. There was something so, I don't know, like so sweet and kind of pure Mm -hmm. about their relationship. It was very, you know, they were kind of enemies to lovers. They didn't get along. She thought Dawson was her person. That was the guy she was meant to be with. And when Pacey like figured out his feelings it was just like the sweetest relationship like he had nothing it made no sense but he like him buying her that wall that was like such a sweet romantic gesture like he's in high school are like like matching up incredibly well like that's literally in my notes the wall when he bought her the wall and he's like, here's your canvas after those oh guys God. tore it down at school. Do you remember that? Yes. I was so like, <laughs> I don't even have words. That was such like a heart rushing, heart palpitating. Like, oh my God, this is the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life moment. And when she ran away with him and then you find out like nothing happened the whole summer, they would just cuddle and he would read to her. I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing And they had so many ups and downs, you know, the Dawson of it all was always in there and her trying to figure out who she was meant to be with and him trying to figure out just who he was meant to be was always this conflict. But in the end, the fact that they ended up together and the last scene is like them together and they're calling Dawson and the friendship is still there. And it was just so perfect. Like, I love that relationship. It was, it was amazing. That definitely, that's my number five. What's number four? Olets. I love my messy people. (laughs) You put them at four? I'm surprised. Oh, okay. So for me, it boiled down to how the whole course of the relationship and not just the chemistry, because I mean, if it was chemistry, like that's number one (laughs) Mm -hmm. but my ranking was basically how it played out on screen the whole course of the relationship how they ended the story together the beats that you want the tropes that you want and whether or not you actually got them and there were there were some hiccups like Shonda made a mess with that ship we got the wedding but it was a dream we got these moments that she just made it a disaster. And it, for me, it was like the chemistry that carried it through. Yeah. And the big thing that I loved was that in the end, we got 
at least it was open-ended enough mm-hmm. that we could head candidates. Yeah. So obviously I would think everybody who's listening to this podcast, everybody in the world, it was getting 10 million viewers at one point knows about Scandal and Olivia and Fitz and that she was the corporate fixer in love with the president, the married president. <laughs> but like, obviously the actors had insane chemistry. They're friends. It's always been like this hot topic, this relationship. They were great together. You you rooted for the mistress instead of the <laughs> wife. Like that relationship was actually insane. We should Not have... Not to mention Twitter. Like, that was probably the number one show on Twitter for years. Yeah. Like, it was Gladiator's mounts up and everybody live tweeting every time the episodes were on. Like, that relationship should not have been the relationship that we were rooting for when he was married with kids. But it was the the relationship everybody wanted. Jake never stood a chance. No chance. I don't acknowledge Jake. You know this. Yes. I don't I never understand people who are just like, oh, Jake and Olivia. What? Sean no. so dirty too. She put him in jail for life. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> I'm like, even she didn't like him in the end. Great. Like, come on. Be real. Come on, people. Like she never he was always the less complicated version of Fitz. Yeah. That was all it was. He wasn't married. He wasn't the president. So it was a degree of normal that she could have with Jake. But Fitz was who she wanted and she was just afraid. And it always boiled down to that fear because she had all these weird self-worth issues because Mm -hmm. of her psycho parents. Yep. But like the episode, let me see, the Rose Garden scene, like, come on. There's not a single person who cannot tell me that Rose Garden scene was not the oh, most romantic. Word word, yes. Like, that is pr- one of the best written love story moments on TV. I'm going to give Shonda that one. I'm gonna yes, that one. she aced that scene. And the... Um, the cabin scene like when you find out that he bought her he didn't buy her house he built her a house Mm -hmm. he was so committed to his love for her wife or no wife kids or no kids he bought the land and built her house because he his dream was to be with her and have a family with her like she was absolutely like her worst enemy like he wanted that divorce he leaked her name he did everything possible yeah to just get out of that marriage and be with her and she did everything against him to stay yeah. for him to stay in that marriage that he did not want um yeah i we're gonna come back to that on my list she wanted me. him to um have the presidency because she wanted to have the presidency and she wanted it for him but she also wanted it for him for herself and that was the thing that got in the way of her having anything even remotely normal with him Mm -hmm. and that is what it it ended up twisting her and twisting their relationship but he was always willing to put her ahead of his career he never cared about his career more than he cared about her he would have blown up the presidency i mean the man went to war for her (laughs) there was nothing do you remember that episode where he even asked her if she was raped and i was like lord 
please don't let her say yes. That man is going to send a nuclear bomb somewhere. He, like, like, it's like he couldn't breathe waiting for that answer. He was so terrified. And I've just, but I think my favorite Olitz moment is the one minute moment when they do like the flashback to the trail mm-hmm. and Episode just like them. Yes. Just them being together and him being like just one minute before I have to leave, before I have to go back to that life that I don't want. And they just curl up together on the couch and just sit there for a while. And the way like she put, they get up and they're just like, it's like they both have to armor up and just take a deep breath knowing that they have to be apart and they hate it so mm-hmm. much. And she puts on his coat for him. And then she's just like, bye, Mr. President. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is hell. Why am I watching this? I hate every second of it. It was so good. Like, there is no ship like that ship. I love them. I really do. Me too. All right. Um, My number three. So... Michael and Nikita from Nikita. Um, That was a CW show. She was, they were both spies for like a secret organization that was a shady government organization that they didn't know was a shady government organization. Mm -hmm. Um, He was her trainer um, when she first got brought in. And... It was kind of second chance romance because he had been married and he lost his wife and his daughter. And she fell for him when they were training, but she escaped the agency. She decided she was going to destroy them. It took a long time for him to actually realize that she was right and that their agency was corrupt. So eventually he left and they worked together And their love story played out in a very complicated way because then he found out he had a kid and he was trying to be there for his kid, but he was a spy and it was just a big mess. But ultimately, um, they got together. They took over the agency to try to, you know, work within the parameters to do things right and bring in all the operatives that were still out in the field. And they got together and they were happy and they got married. And for me, when my ships get married, that is when I'm happy. <laughs> that is full circle for me. That is what I need from them. You're happily them ever get... after. Yes. Like I feel like when a show ends, that was like the last scene of the series that you just see that they're sitting on a beach together and she's where and she's like, you see the twinkle of her wedding ring. And then the two of them get up and they run off together to go save somebody. And I'm like, yes, this is what I needed. To top it off, they had A-plus chemistry. Like, they were great together. So I can't, they go down as one of my ships because I'm like, this is wonderful. We saw the whole journey, the whole progression, everything for them until they got married. And you just know that they're off being superheroes together. And it's great. Yeah. So that was my number two. Number three. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two was, is Rashawn. Rick and Michonne from The Walking Dead. That one, I have such a weird uh, history with this show. I did not want to watch it. 
um, you know me, you know I do not like gore. I do not like horror. I get freaked out. I get the ick. I can't handle it. One of my bosses actually bullied me into watching this show. Um, I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to watch this. It's zombies. I don't do this. It's creepy. I ended up randomly, I was harassed like daily about it until I was just like, fine. And I ended up watching like a random episode in season five because I did it. I just wanted to say, look, I watched it. So you can stop bugging me and I didn't like it. <laughs> so I watched the episode in season five where they're in a barn and there were like no zombies because they're just, it's a storm, they're in a barn. So it was so much focused on the human interactions that I ended up being like, okay, this is kind of interesting. The next episode was the episode where Aaron shows up to take them to, um, and tells them that there's actually a community that they can join. So in that episode, I thought Rick and Michonne were together because the entire time they're interacting with Aaron, he's like giving her these looks like, tell me, should I deal with this guy? Am I crazy? I don't like this guy, I don't trust him. And then she's like, look, we're going. And he's like, okay, I guess we're going. <laughs> so I'm like, it just, it was giving wife and husband vibes. And I was just like, okay, they're together only to find out, no, they're not. So I ended up watching the show from the beginning and I caught up right in time for season six when they actually went canon. I was like, yes, this is great. I get what I want the easy way. Um, but them, I just, I love them together. It was a great, they didn't like each other at first. They grew to be best friends. They had the same tortured history. She lost the child. He lost his wife. Mm -hmm. They both lost their minds. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad for them. But she ended up being like the person who anchored him, kept him somewhat sane. And just them watching her progression of her opening up again and being like this maternal figure to his son, the person that he could trust because he couldn't always be like, he had to be a leader. So he couldn't always be the parent that he needed to be. And he trusted her to be that. And I just loved watching that develop. And then when they finally got together and they were just like, the four of them were just this little family I was like, this is perfect. And then, of course, they made the worst decision in the world and they killed Carl. But, you know, they most couples don't survive stuff like that. But these two did. And then they went on and they had a child together. And I'm like, this is great. But of course, because, you know, she's a Marvel superstar and he's off being in Netflix, everything's they both left the show. But... The benefit is we know that they got a spinoff. So we still get more Rick and Michonne content. And I'm just so happy because I got all of my tropes with them. I got from the moment they met to them having a kid together. We know that they got married and now they're going to re reunite. And I'm like, this is what I need from all my ships. All the yes. good things. 
Yes, Andy and Denai are going to be executive producing and starring in that next year, come 2023. I think it'll be probably like around November of next year. Yeah, I think they just started production on that, so we're definitely going to be back on this podcast talking about that because we've waited literal years um, yeah. for that. And it wasn't even originally supposed to be a show, it was supposed to be the movies, but we knew that wasn't happening once we hit year five and it was still no movies. Um, and you know, AMC's having some turmoil. Yeah, we're hoping for the best though for them. We need we need this the show. Yeah, That's all I know. I don't need more than what I honestly don't need more than one season. I don't even care. Oh, no, if no, it, yeah, it's just gonna be one season. I think one season. I don't care about him seeing anybody else. All I want is Rick and Michonne to see each other, and for them to make it to their kids. Anybody else they happen to bring in when they make it to their kids, whoop-dee-doo, I don't give a crap. I just want him to meet his son and see his daughter and his wife. And then I'm happy. <laughs> like, that's all I need. They yeah. can, if they want to kill him off at the end, listen, they can do a time jump. I don't need to know what year it is. No, they, they can bring in their adult kids and tell me he's no. in the grave. Don't, I don't care. Don't I don't want to see it. Put that out in the universe, girl. No, they can't kill him. I just want to know that they got back together again and they're, they got to be a family again and then I'm happy. That's all I need. Like, I try to be practical. You can't kill Rick. I I try to be practical because I'm like, if he doesn't want to come back, then I could see them doing that. I don't want to see them doing that. But I just need to know that it's like 20 years in the future that that happens oh yeah you know what i mean like i don't want to see him get home and then they're like oh he was bit on the way back no i would riot i would be so mad like i want him to get home and then like you do the epilogue and you show the adult kids and then his grave and you find out like 20 years in the future he died okay i'm good He got to have his family. He got to have his community. He went back and he was with his wife and good. I'm fine. But I just, that is my ship. I love them. I'm so excited. Like how many shows do you get a situation where you get an actual spinoff for your ship? (laughs) Like this is awesome. I'm so happy. I said this on Twitter and I was like, honestly, they could just have them in a house. That could be the whole six episodes. (laughs) We don't need any zombies. Like, plus, the, what they're known for is really character development anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I, I know it's a zombie show. Give us, like, one or two, but just give us, like, majority, just them. And, and you know and, me. And AMC put... is having budget issues, so I'm like, hey, cut out the zombies completely. There you go. You know me. Rick and Michonne in the back of a van is A-plus television. <laughs> so... Right. But they got the kids, girl. They can't be doing all that. I mean, they can. And then in the last episode, they bring back the kids. Yo, you said I'm just saying. Back into the last episode. I'm just saying. Gosh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I want to say it, but uh, the Twitter meme, F those kids, is literally. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, for real, though. <laughs> Drum roll. What is your number one? Okay, my I feel like anybody who follows me knows my number one is Holicity. You can't not know this. <laughs> you cannot not know this about me. <laughs> All right, so Oliver Queen and Felicity Smoke, 
from Arrow. They are my number one. That is the only ship that I have ever gotten every single trope for. All of them. We got Neat Cute. We got him fighting for her. He killed for her. He protected her. We got married. No, as a matter of fact, we got four proposals from him, one from her. They got married. We got her wearing his clothes. We got her raising his son. We got pregnancy. We got foot massages. We got him cooking for her. We got them running away together, them living in a cabin. We got a baby montage, childbirth. We got, um, let's see, first dates. We got, they actually redid the first date years later. Exact parallel. The first time he meets her, she doesn't know. The first time he sees her, he doesn't um, tell her. He never, he never told her about it. The audience knew it, that the first time he met her was not the first time he ever saw her. So the very last scene of the very last episode, they redid the moment where he first saw her. And he finally starts to tell her like, hey, this is when I actually first saw you. So basically their entire love story, including their adult children, we end up getting to meet. And ultimately, basically afterlife endgame. So we got the whole run with them. And I don't think I, I've never gotten anything close to that with any ship Ever. So they are my favorites. Plus the actors had chemistry, which is always a benefit. And I just think regardless of there were moments that I didn't like, there were some ups and downs, but overall it's rare to find a show that was as dedicated or actors and producers that were as dedicated to the ship and just making sure that that story was well done, that the story was respected, that the actors were respected. And this is something we'll definitely get into when we talk about biggest ship losses, because Olicity in their final season, they lost their female lead. Mm -hmm. The two of them were um, contracted for seven seasons. He wanted out. She was like, okay, I don't really see the point in going on. We're good. They decided they wanted to do a massive crossover in their eighth season. So they threw a bucket load of money at him. He was like, it would have been financially responsible to not take this money to get him to come back for nine episodes. And she was like, nope, I'm good. They cared enough about this romance. They were like, we're going to take her. We're going to put her in a bubble on this side. She's going to go live in a cabin. And she's going to stay there. And that's the explanation for why she's not on screen. We're not killing her. We're not giving her some ridiculous write outs. We're not doing something that isn't consistent with the character. Like other shows. 
And they made sure that they were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And by the last episode of the final season, they reunited them because they knew how important the ship was and how integral that was to the story and to the audience. And they were the last scene of the entire series. Without a doubt, my favorite ship. So that's my top five. Got it. Let me jump into mine. We're going to start at the bottom. So number five is going to be Abby Lockhart and Luka Kovic from ER, taking it all the way back to the OG medical show. Um, Listen, that show put me through it with them. They put them together right after Juliana Margulies left um, because they brought in Abby to kind of not really, well, to replace her, essentially. Um, Luka Kovic, he was already on the show and him and um, Juliana Margulies' character, Carol, already kind of had a little bit of a thing. But anyways, immediately Abby was like, who is this tall Croatian man who is very fine right off the bat in her first scene? And I was like, yep, I'm shipping it. Um, but ER proceeded to put me through with this this couple. They were together for like a year and a half on the show. They broke up because they had another doctor that they were trying to, it was like a um, it was like three. Uh, what do you call it when it's three in a relationship? I don't know. Just call love it. triangle. Yeah, love triangle. Um, they really forced it though. Like, I mean, her Abby and Carter had a bit of a thing on the show, but like they didn't have the chemistry her and Luca had. Um, so they broke them up, and then they put her with Carter for a little bit, and of course that fizzled out. Like I knew it would, because I was like they don't have the same chemistry. And also when they had them apart after they broke up they just still had chemistry in every scene her and Luca and I was just like like why are we playing these games so this was like season seven that they were together I had to wait until season 12 (laughs) for them to get back together swear to god it in between that time they put me through it so they sent Luca to Africa with Carter who they did not like each other like they were always fighting over Abby um they sent him to Africa. He almost dies from like malaria or I think it was malaria. Carter saves him. Oh, and he's also um, held hostage by mercenaries in Africa oh, as well. Girl, like when I tell you, ER was just. That show was drama. I, I did watch <laughs> ER. It was, it was, the it was most, a lot of drama. But also that whole Africa arc was one of the best things in television. They had Thandie Newton. Like, come on. Like, ER was pulling people. But anyways, I'm getting, girl, I'm getting sidetracked. Anyway, back to Abby and Luca. Luca almost died. Um, I think that was season 10. They put him with somebody else. And then they finally put them back together. When they were back together, it was not an easy road. Um, Luca got held hostage by Forrest Whitaker's character. That was wild. Abby relapsed. And then they had her sleep with Stanley Tucci's character, who was also her boss, also knew she was very intoxicated, still slept with her. It was just very, it was all girl. Mess. Mess. Absolute mess. Um, Abby got pregnant. um, And then Luca left to go back to Croatia. So this is where also contracts came into play because um, uh, Goran Vishnik left the show. Um, It wasn't clear if they were bringing him back. Um, So they just kind of wrote him out to Croatia. Um, I think that was like season, let me see, it went 14 seasons, maybe season 13, somewhere around there. Um, So they had him in Croatia. 
And then Abby was by herself with her child, and it was just a lot for her. She's also was a doctor, and it, girl, it was a mess. So they had her relapse, which was so ugly because like the last time she had done that was like very early in to like you know her character coming on the show. So like around season eight, nine, mm-hmm. um, and they almost like got divorced. He came back from Croatia. It was just girl. But I got my happily ever ending. So I um I actually ended up not watching the final season except for her episode, which was like the first episode of um that final season of ER. And they, they gave me my happily ever um after. They had her go to oh my god, where they moved to, like Chicago or something. Somewhere else. Um they took Joe the baby and they just started over. Um and I was actually very happy with that because they they brought them to hell and back like it was the most it was absolute mess but i got my happily ever after i i listen i paid for it in blood though (laughs) like listen i think that was like in the late 90s when they first were like a ship like i was way too young i don't know why i was shipping that i was like nine years old please um okay let's move on to number four clark and lois aka clois smallville edition because it's been merry variations of that just want to be clear this was probably my first ship um it went from enemies to best friends to lovers which is you know the best we love trope. a good trope exactly and then like tom welling and erica durance just made the journey like so enjoyable and the chemistry only got better and that show went 10 seasons um, and they also gave us a little mini reunion in the crossover episode of The Flash. And I think maybe Legends of Tomorrow. I know for sure it was The Flash. It um, was, it was, um, since it was Arrowverse that I know, it was the crossover episode for Crisis. Yes. It was Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. That was the one where Oliver dies, the nerve of those people. <laughs> they popped into Smallville and you see them uh, together and you find out that they had a couple of kids Mm -hmm. and he gave up his powers so he could just be a farmer and live there with his wife and his children and be content. Yes. And it was amazing. And I was happy. It's all I ever want for my ships is a happily ever after. Um, Yeah. That was like 10 years of my life though. That show like really went 10 years it's really rare for shows to go that long absolutely so that Um, was that was your thing the way arrow in that eight years was my thing (laughs) was my comic book ship very much so all right number three this is where we have a overlap pacey and joey dawson's creek enemies to best friends to lovers as well that ship that trope it serves it serves so well surprisingly it's still a debate on you know Pacey versus Dawson I don't know why I've rewatched the series multiple times and like it's solid it's always Pacey period Dawson I I hated him when I rewatched the show hated Dawson I was like this is his own show and I hate the main character I haven't rewatched. Um, I've there have been certain episodes that I've gone back and watched but I haven't rewatched in full I've always, even when it was originally on, I remember watching when I was like, or I don't remember if I watched like the first set of reruns, whatever, when I was younger, but I never liked Dawson. 
I think I stopped liking him in like season one. Yeah. Like I just, he rubbed me the wrong way. He felt so entitled, kind of selfish. When his dad died was the only time that I actually really felt any sympathy for that character. But he just, he, and his relationship with Joey always felt like she was a toy that mm-hmm. he didn't realize he wanted until, until somebody else started to play exactly. with it. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. He did not really want Joey until Pacey went to him man to man and was like, hey, I'm kind of interested in her. And then he gave the okay for uh, Pacey to ask her out. And then he like quickly revoked it and was like, you know what? Actually, no, that's she's kind of my girl. And poor Pacey's like, what, bro? You're you're tripping. Like, what are you saying? Just like, a she's mess. not property. I, I it just I I didn't like him. No. <laughs> really didn't well, I like him. Like, I was so young when it first came out. I think I was like ten. Um, so you know, a lot of stuff that just kind of goes over your head, and you rewatch it as a young adult, and you're like, yeah, no, I, I was right the first time. <laughs> it was always Pacey. Yeah, um, he was just a better guy. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Dawson had many. He was just always living in his head and had this just like idea of what things were when it wasn't reality. It was like he um, was writing. He was writing the story of them, mm-hmm. like literally and figuratively. So it just wasn't real. None of it was real. He he was just I don't know. He was just a weird, messy character. <laughs> I yes. don't know how to explain it. And we also got our happily ever after with them. They got married and had some kids. And I love how that finale was just like finally them giving us an answer on Pacey or or, um, Dawson. It was Mm -hmm. Pacey. I do love the reunion, though, where Kevin Williamson is like, oh, they definitely got divorced, but they definitely got back together after they got divorced. And I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of accurate. Yeah, I that know, was that, that on par with their entire relationship, them breaking up and getting back together. Because there's never going to be anybody else that's better for them than each other. Exactly. And I know Pacey probably did something stupid. Mm-hmm. Pacey and Joey was like, you know what? It's divorce. And she was like, but I still love you. Let's get married again. Um, which is very them. And we love them. All right, number two for me is Nick and June from The Handmaid's Tale. This is one of the messiest ships ever. Just impossible circumstances, which you know I love. I love mm-hmm. incredibly impossible circumstances. So Nick and June from The Handmaid's Tale, um, June is trapped in Gilead, which is like a society, um, which I guess you could say if you related it to like today's politics would be some, like a society created by Republicans where women's main purpose is to kind of procreate. Um, and the reason for that in, in the world of The Handmaid's Tale is that uh, climate change has damaged fertility. Um, so they're just having low birth create this very religious right winged kind of society. And it starts, it's actually terrifying how it starts because it's very um apt to what's going on now is like oh first it's a bill where men have to sign off on your your their wife or girlfriend's birth control and then it just slowly evolves into like full just gilead and oppression um very scary i don't know why i watched the show like it's so good but it's also frightening but i love it and they're just so messy because june is trapped in gilead as a handmaid 
Um, and then Nick is there as a driver to um, the family that she's staying with. Um, and it's just kind of this forbidden romance, of course, which, you know, is my favorite. Um, and the, the chemistry just was immediate. Um, and then also you just see the characters evolve and grow. And June eventually, as everybody who's probably seen on Twitter, gets out. But Nick stays and he stays because he has a daughter who he was able to get out, a daughter with June. Um, but he moves up within Gilead and he's able to kind of work as a double agent and help June out in many situations within Gilead. And then once she gets out as well, um, he's just kind of like a double agent for them. Um, but yeah, the chemistry, um, I'm gonna be real. They had one of the best love scenes I've ever seen on TV. I was like, wow, you know, it was up there, girl. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. I did watch the first. I think I watched the first two seasons before I stopped watching. So I do remember their their first scene together and that whole world that mm-hmm. was built. And it was. And I think as things progressed, especially like in COVID times, and you know, changing of the guard, presidential wise, was part of the reason that I stopped watching that show because it became so real. It was yeah. genuinely freaking me out. Yeah, and I was like. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> I still, even today, I'm just like, why do I do this to myself? But they, they it's just so well written. It, yeah, like the character development is just, it's one of the best. Um, even though it's kind of lost some of its like award steam, it's still so well written. Like this last season was so satisfying. Um, but yeah, I love Nick and June. Um, right now, they're just kind of giving us crumbs. But they had, like, this huge moment in the finale, the last season's finale, where you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen to him, to Nick. Um, oh, and then let me just mention that she's also still married to Luke, which is I her. was just about to ask you, because I'm like, <laughs> I feel like the last, you know me, I'm a random Twitter watcher of shows mm-hmm. where, you know, like a stream, I'll follow the main tags if I don't feel like watching the entire show. And I'm like, I feel like the last time I saw her... She was back with her husband. Yeah. But it was still very clear that her and Nick, and I'm like, she's back with her husband. She obviously still loves her husband, but she's also still in love with him. And it's like she has kids with both of them. And I'm just like, this yep. is complicated. Yeah, she's, she got away to Canada. I'm spoiling the show for people, but... Yeah, she, like, I'm she sorry, She got away guys, to Canada, but... and that's what you kind of see the season before last, is her kind of adapting. And immediately, it was apparent to me that she wasn't in love with her husband anymore. Mm-hmm. She loved him, though, but she wasn't in love. Um, and, you know, she kind of had to come to that realization as well um she's very much so in love with nick but you know you do have to question the circumstances would they be able to make it without those the trauma bond yeah but also again she's not in love with her husband either um it's just it's so complicated i love it so much (laughs) and yeah like i said right now they're giving us kind of crumbs but i'm really interested to see how they do the next season i think the next season's the last one so we'll get some closure, I hope. We'll see. All right, drum roll. Number one, Olivia and Fitz. Yeah. 
the chemistry put them there. The chemistry put them there. <laughs> because oh. this was a wild ride. Um, and it, they're, you know, Scandal's really responsible for why I am very um, apprehensive about Shonda shows because she took me to hell and back. Oh, um, God, did she? <laughs> yes. Um, but, like, the premise of Scandal was just, like, so fantastic. You have a, a black woman who's a, a fixer. And you have the president, a white president of the United States who's in love with her, but is also married. But this man will go to the ends of earth for her. Um, Mm -hmm. And Shonda really fumbled the bag. She really fumbled the bag. We're going to circle back to that on TV ship losses for sure. But she really fumbled the bag because, you know me, I think we've talked about this before, but she should have kind of stayed with her plan of like actually having him divorce and what does a presidential divorce look like and she kind of absolutely I, I really she, she went there in season five but we were tired by that point you know what mm-hmm. i mean we needed it season three yep and she just kept extending it and extending it and then it turned into a spine drama when originally it was more like a fixer procedure. it was a political drama and that you know the politics of a president divorcing while in office and trying to move on and date and then the scandal coming out the way all of those moments those beats happened but they didn't happen the way they should have happened mm-hmm. yeah and because they they shifted the focus so much to B613 and the spy aspect of it, it took away from the politics, which is what we really wanted. Because I, like you said, I really wanted to see how do you cope with a president who's divorcing while in office? Like, what's the politics of that? What's the, you know... The racial uh, aspect of that, right? Because yeah. it's the real United States of America. Um yeah we needed a season three and then also what she did in season five 509 Mm -hmm. i don't even know if i'm ready to unpack that was very cruel unforgiving and she paid for it in ratings yeah because it felt here's the thing that is her choice it was fine but it was the way it was done Oh, yeah. It wasn't that it happened. It's the way it was done. And it just didn't feel authentic to Mm -hmm. that character. It didn't feel authentic to that relationship, to to where they had grown to. Mm -hmm. It just felt like she was making Olivia this spiteful, vindictive person who did something like this, didn't talk to him. It just... It was her choice, her, but do whatever you want, but be consistent. And it just didn't feel, cause it, I mean, when I tell you I was blindsided. Oh yeah. I was watching the episode and it, it, it was like, they needed to say the words for it to hit me. And I, I mean, we're subtext people. Mm-hmm. We love subtext. We thrive on it. We're, we're slow burn people. We love slow burn relationships. So we're always looking for subtext. And I watched that show knowing that everything was a double meaning and it was like you had to slap me in the face with what she'd actually done because I it just felt so out of character I was like what and even when the episode ended I remember just sitting there staring at the tv like did that really just happen because of all the shocks that was one of the biggest for scandal and you know scandal had a lot of shockers yeah but also it was just very baited and switched like you bring it in together for season five finally 
he's getting a divorce and they only last nine episodes and then you split them up how you did especially after bringing up you know how much Fitz wanted kids with her and she was on the same page like all those you know scenes and then to to do that in 509 was just it just it just felt it didn't feel organic it didn't feel honest to either of the characters to the relationship it just felt really really weird it did and immediately you know who I thought of I was like Tony Goldwyn I know he read that script and they was just like what (laughs) like are you for real this is what we're doing contract negotiations gonna be rough (laughs) yeah because he's gonna be like what the hell is this (laughs) he only had like one request and it's like Olivia and Fitz be happy with like two kids in Vermont that's all that's all he Mm -hmm. wanted that's all he wanted it was simple right and you know like at the end of this we need to have a we're gonna have a talk about showrunners and how that's a whole nother podcast girl um yeah i think we need to do like a love scenes podcast and then we also need to do like a showrunners podcast i think we're gonna have to get into that because there are some choices these showrunners Mm -hmm. make that i'm like are you trying to tank your own show like I get trying to push the boundaries and be creative, but there are subtle shifts that get your that you can lead. You're supposed to lead your audience to the place you want them to. You're not supposed to shove them there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this felt like a shove because I felt blindsided, and I'm like, I want to be shocked. I want to be awed. I want to be, but this. this wasn't it (laughs) just wasn't and I think you're right the ratings said it because everybody was so disgusted and turned off and it wasn't that we wanted a fairy tale but it just it didn't work and it didn't make any sense I just didn't feel authentic I did the research and after 509 they dropped about a million and then it just continued to grow like their drop and at first they were kind of like, oh, it's just, you know, people who don't agree with her decision on abortion. And then it just consistently dropped after that. Um, because I think they underestimated that Olivia and Fitz were the main draw. I don't yeah. know why they kept doing that continuously every season. Like fans I, were very clear on what they were showing on up what they for. were showing up for. And that's the thing. You have to respect your ship. And that is consi- that is why. Arrow will always be my favorite show because at the end of the day, they respected their ship and they respected their leading lady. And they were like, look, we know why y'all are here. We know why the people who are here, who are loud, who are on Twitter, who are engaging, we know why you're here. And we're not going to pretend that we don't know that the ship is the core of what you're showing up for. And that you want your lead to be treated, your female lead to be treated with respect. You want that relationship to be treated with respect. And you want at least, if anything is going to turn out to to crap, everything else around them can be horrible, but that can't be horrible. That's all showrunners need to get. Like, why why was Shonda not understanding that we were there for Olivia and Fitz? from the pilot till the end I think it was just it spiraled into something she felt like she couldn't control anymore I think that's what it was but then 
spiting your audience isn't the way to go. And I feel like a lot of them do that. They just say, oh, well, it shouldn't just be about the romance. So in order to like push back against that, they do something that's just completely opposite. And I'm like, but your goal is to create a product that your audience likes. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what aspect of it that is, if the romance is what it is, if the spy drama is what it is, if what the po- politics is what, like whatever you're getting positive feedback on, you don't, don't, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, why are you tanking what you know people love? I don't, it, it's weird. It's a weird decision. It's a weird call to make. And I just, I never understood that. Yeah, especially because, like, after 106, that 106, that episode alone is what got Scandal renewed, period. We were all yeah. waiting on it. Um, yeah. Like, I remember, yeah. like, I distinctly remember when that show first came out. And I remember watching the last episode, and I was obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when you get that feeling like, yes. holy crap. The this pilot. Is so I remember. Good. I remember the Oval Office scene. We, we got. Yes. I remember. Okay, well, let's backtrack. I remember when Olivia Fitz first meet at the cabin, and I remember them shaking hands, and I'm like, oh, they got a little bit of chemistry. Hmm, interesting. And then it gets the Oval Office scene, and she walks in, and you're just like, wait, what's going on? And she, she's like, you gave her the dog or whatever, and he's like, you know give us the room and just the slap and I'm like she just slapped the president oh they, they are <laughs> like, on personal like, oh terms God. like what's yeah. happening and you then they backed her me? into the corner I don't know who directed that probably Tom Verica but like how it was just completely quiet you can just hear like the creaks on the floor mm-hmm. and the chemistry oh my god I remember watching that episode and I remember when they're when Melly when she shows up at the cabin and Millie walks in and Millie's like, oh, like, are you seeing anyone? And I felt like I got an inkling that I was like, something feels mm-hmm. off about this. Like the, mm-hmm. everything and the way Cyrus kept saying, things are good. Things are good between the president and the first lady. Like he just kept saying yeah. it. I was like, why is he saying this? And then you find out obviously Cyrus never knew um, that well, well, Olivia and Fitz, but I'm like something about them repeatedly saying like things are good, and the way Olivia was so apprehensive. Well, and then hadn't seen 106 yet, because remember Olivia was like their therapist for like a whole. <laughs> yeah, and then like even when you get to the point where it's like they're walking, and she's mm-hmm. like asking him, so basically like so nothing happened so nothing happened and the way there and he when he said like you know oh, you there's know only me. one one you know me that you know there's only one woman um, i'm in love with i'm in love with and i'm just like something about that line and just the the look i was like they played it so well on? because it was inklings of chemistry but nobody could have predicted yeah and i, I was like it, it it felt like something like she knew something she like maybe she knew he had an affair but even then i didn't take it that she was the person but i'm like there's something weird here but when you got to that end scene, I, like my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> I could not, I was like, holy crap, what is happening? And Nobody then like when he pushed there. her into the wall and he's like kissing her and she's like, no, no, no. And 
then she no, just like caves and yet. then she slaps him again and i was just like what we just backed her into the corner lord i i still i still struggle with that scene and when i say struggle i have to pause it get it together <laughs> continue watching <laughs> pretty much all of their scenes 10 years later i have to do that I'm like, yeah it's one of those things where you're just like whoa okay what is happening and obviously their first time scene is just like whoa girl that's a whole nother podcast please <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to do like a love scenes podcast because their first time the closet the server closet scene elicity's first time because for network tv like cw yeah, tv CW. Yeah. that was a scene <laughs> that was that was a lot okay <laughs> so we should totally do a podcast about that because whoa there were some scenes where you're just like all righty then but yeah oleds they they took the cake on them just they so did. many things chemistry they're number one that's yeah absolutely and then also their reunion at the i think the golden globes earlier this year like literally their their her like whole thing is about chemistry when they walked out and everybody's like going crazy and i was like see 10 years later 10 years later it still serves so well yep all right let's go jump into honorable mentions you go first girl wait let me do my honorable mentions because i have quite a few all right so this one's short and sweet um i love a good period drama that's like weird and quirky so i loved merlin it was weird it was quirky it was like a fun play on the knights of the round table um arthur and guinevere they did you know blind casting guinevere was black she was actually um the handmaid to arthur's sister and they fell, they fell for each other. He ended up marrying her and elevating her to queen. And they just had great chemistry. One of the best first kisses I've ever seen. Just so good. And I just, I love them together. They were a great ship. Um, my other one, one of my other ones at least, uh, Max and Liz from Waswell. Mm, I love that one. show. It's a good 90s one. Yeah. I love that show. I love those two together. They had great chemistry. It was such a great story for like an alien and a human <laughs> to fall in love. It was the the premise was absolutely ridiculous, but they had great chemistry. They had a great love story. And you have like the moments that they fell in love from the time that they were kids. And they had all these trials that they faced. And, but they still, you know, they got their happily ever after. They got married. They ran away together. They had this beautiful life, and it was great. Um, so my most, our other honorable mention, Rose and Dimitri. Mm. We cannot yeah. skip Romichi from Vampire Academy. Ship right there. That's our 2022 ship. We love Rose and Dimitri. Um, anybody who hasn't watched Vampire Academy or Peacock, go watch it. It is a book series. They are so chaotic and problematic in the book series. <laughs> like I can't even begin to express the issues with that. But the show was great. The casting was great. They have outstanding chemistry all the angst and longing that you could ever possibly want from a ship, which is, it was, it's perfect. Um, let's see. 
I love Shadowhunters. It was a ridiculous show. I love my campy tween shows. I'll never give them up. They helped me with my stress. So Malik from Shadowhunters, which was Magnus and Alec, my favorite male male ship of all time. They were great. The actors had chemistry. They gave you literally everything from meet cute to marriage. There was even a little girl they babysat. So you saw them like as a family. Perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, now, last two shows. Uh, Vampire Diaries. So Vampire Diaries universe. That's what we're going to call it. All of those actors had chemistry. It, it was ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen something like that before where you could literally pair, pair almost anybody together and it worked chemistry-wise. That's mm-hmm. so rare. But that casting director, like, they were on something. A plus plus. A plus plus. <laughs> like, they got it right. So my honorable mentions for them, Stephanie and Caroline, I personally, I know that there are people who are just, they hated them together. Me. I love them. <laughs> I adored Stephanie and Caroline. It was something about the fact that she had a thing from, for him from the moment she saw him, she was like, I'm going to marry him. I'm going to have a June wedding. It's going to be great. And she actually got to marry him. And I'm like, that was just the sweetest thing. Yes, he died, whatever. They loved each other. It was the cutest thing. And also, Klaus and Caroline. Like, okay, I am all a- right. You made up for that first one. <laughs> that one. I am a diehard Klaus fan. I loved Klaus with Cammy. I love, I love Klaus too. with Caroline. Klaus had chemistry with everybody. <laughs> he does. But also, he, like, specifically with Caroline, the chemistry was crazy. It, the chemistry was absolutely insane. I loved the two of them together. It was just so chaotic. And I think what I loved about it was that I didn't take any losses because I got Stefan and Caroline and the, the him being so indifferent to her, to him falling for her. Like, okay, let's be honest. The whole line where he says, um, you know, what is it? He was like, when you're ready, I will be ready for you. Like, that was the sweetest line in the world. And I was like, oh my God, I love them. They're so cute. <laughs> I think it was the fact that they were so unexpected. You know what I mean? It was like Klaus and Caroline, but the chemistry was just chemistry. Remember the dance yes. scene? Oh, and the the, when he scene. got the blue dress when they danced and then he drew yes. her that picture and he sent it to her and he left and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and this is coming from somebody who loved Caroline with Tyler. And then I was like, well, and that was switch like, over. Caroline should have, I feel, it's like, Caroline, there, Caroline had no ship fails. I yeah. liked her with Matt. I liked her with Tyler. I liked her with Stefan. I liked her with Klaus. I was just like, Caroline could do no wrong ship rise for me. I was just like, this is great. She's great. She's chemistry with every body so that like I love that show because I was just like I never lose it doesn't matter which way you turn this I'm it's I'm still catching a win on this yeah it's great. no Caroline's your favorite character you're just gonna it's just wins all around. Mm-hmm. all around and then okay last one which is obviously my very most the most recent the resident and the resident is a recent one for you me and a sister <laughs> 
So I started watching The Resident when it first came out. Like many other shows, I'm a binge watcher. I waited till the season was over. And then I binged the first season. So I was a Connick fan. I liked them together. They were cute. I was just like, this works. It was not one of those shows that I was like, oh, I obsessively have to watch this. It was not one of those ships that I obsessively had to watch. I just liked them together. I was like, okay, this is cute. Now, season four rolled around and they introduced Billy. And I was like, okay. First scene, I was like, oh my God. Why do her and Conrad have chemistry? <laughs> I remember watching that scene and being like, why do they have chemistry? What is happening? He's married. Enemies, uh, enemies first. And, I mean, yes, enemies to, to lovers trope will always serve. I'm sorry, that that's just facts. It really is. And we all said it like the day they announced Emily was leaving, we were like, whoops. We were like, oh my god, oh my god, he's totally gonna get <laughs> Billy. <Yeah. laughs> like, there was never any doubt. We've talked about this countless times. Like, oh yeah, he's totally gonna get with Billy. But we didn't know if it was gonna work. We just assumed that that was where the story. I have never had a show where they make they made me like both ships. Not ever. Not with one male lead. And they pulled it off, and I'm like, wow. So that's my last one for my honorable mentions. But yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. We got a lot of wins. Plus, Kathany this year, we got a lot of wins. We did. We really did. We got really lucky. Time to talk about the losses, though. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to jump in with my honorable mentions. I only have two. Um, So Michonne, um, I late i think i jumped in around season three or four to the walking dead and honestly i don't like gore either and i was like i don't i don't want to do zombies but everybody was like no no i think i also was upset with scandal at the time and i was like i need another show i need to like forget scandal um and they were like no no you have to watch the walking dead you have to watch the walking dead like everybody was telling me this and i'm like like guys zombies like i'm good and they're like no like it's it's not about the zombies um, and they were right. Like, it's all about character development. They have some of the best character development of any TV show ever, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember, like, I think Michonne had already shown up. Maybe season four? Is that when she came in, I think? I think her first scene was three. Three, okay. And so, she that's about right. didn't really become a full-fledged person in the show until like we started to get right. her, understand her better in four. Yeah, because I remember seeing on like Twitter and Tumblr like her appearance and everybody being so excited. I'm like, oh my god, dark skin. Yes, the shadow. Yeah, the Let's shadowed face with the two walkers. Right, and um, so I had like jumped in, and I'm like, like eagerly trying to get to that that season and that scene. Cause I'm like, okay, because you know how I feel about season two with the whole farm. Oh my god, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, listen people love that season i hate it i'm sorry it was so boring i was tired of sophia i was tired of them looking for her and then we get to the end of the season and she's in the barn the whole time i, I, went, I threw something at my tv i'm fairly certain i threw something at my tv i was so i liked season two you did like it i did i liked oh, season two gosh, um I think objectively season three was probably my favorite season, obviously, because we got Michonne and I just felt like not only did we get 
the startings of Rishon with the Claire episode, but, you know, like leading into that relationship, the tension, all of that good stuff with season three. But I just felt like there was something about season two just kind of slowing it down, putting them all in one place. I enjoyed, I think what season two did for me, it was the shame of it all. You know how I feel about John Parenthal. I love him. He was great in that role. He was absolutely insane as Shane. And just watching somebody come apart like that in that world and the insanity of how it is and him just pining for his best friend's wife and just going crazy and breaking down the whole community that they were building there and putting everything at risk. It was kind of fascinating. So I, I really, I enjoyed season two, but obviously season three was my favorite. beautiful scenes, even though it was kind of like gory, was like when they're on that hill and like Rick shoots him. And like, I just remember that shot of like mm-hmm. that hill and it just being really like, cinematically beautiful but like so sad but also you knew I had to do yeah but that scene was so good and the scene and as much as it yeah it it did kind of irk me that Sophia was in the barn the entire time listen that scene of them coming out and when you see her yeah as the last one and then Rick walks up to her and shoots her I was just like (gasps) yeah Shane couldn't even kill her I was like Shane you really getting on my nerves (laughs) running his mouth so loud like we need to do this we need to do that and then the moment comes and he even he was just like oh my god yeah no that was just it's a very iconic moment but at the same time like if I had to like rate season two it was probably my least favorite I'm sorry. It was frustrating, especially when you knew Michonne was like coming into this, the series. Yeah. I'm just trying to get through the episodes at that point. To get, yeah. Like, and, you know, I, as I said, I started in like five. So for me, I was just like, okay, this is good, but like, can we get to right. when she gets here? Like, I, I want her to get here. <laughs> when I came to Sophia, I was like, F them kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I knew she was dead. I, am I, like, am I dead? Yeah. That girl's gone, y'all. Y'all need yeah. to let her go. I think Sophia, to me, was just one of those points to help develop Daryl mm-hmm. and to help essentially Shane spin out because them being stuck there looking for this kid was driving him crazy. Same. And Daryl tr- having that hope for this kid was making him more relatable. Yeah. So that was kind of her point in this storyline. It wasn't even really about her mother or Carol in that whole situation so i don't know but back to michonne and rick um yeah so i finally got to season three and then four was the jail season where she comes in immediately chemistry immediately enemies to friends to lovers which is my it's my trope i I, i've given in i've admitted Mm -hmm. it it never fails um so they're my honorable mention because they're amazing and i can't wait for the um new show come out so and then i only have one other honorable mention um john and daenerys from game of thrones also definitely going to be making my ship losses because where do we even begin oh god (laughs) oh my god yeah we're gonna go back to them we're gonna double back when you get to i mean if we're gonna go we really do need to do like a podcast just on like 
writing we need to do one on eps we have to we're gonna have to do yeah. it because dnd tanked that show and they could have been such a like badass couple like come on now it it just the potential like the fanfics that we i was reading leading up to that news that last season were like significantly better than the, what we got like by 10 times every um, fanfic every spec every idea thrown on twitter tumblr was better than the show and brainy let's yeah. not forget brainy they tanked Brianna and Jamie after seven seasons of built. It's absolutely mind blowing that they managed to do that. It was insane. <laughs> so bad. I don't get it. Yeah. Terrible. I know. But yeah, we're, we, we can get really get into that. That's a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have thoughts. Um, so but yeah, we can jump into ship losses. Oh, buddy. It. I oh. know. Boy. Oh man, I don't even okay. Let let me start with I'm gonna do this three, two, one. This this will be easier because we share the same one. Mm-hmm. I, I know this. I didn't even I don't even have to ask you to know this. I already know it. So is, yeah. my number three, ship loss, Blark from the 100. Mm-hmm. This is the absurdity of this loss, I can't even express. One, they were enemies to friends to lovers, perfection. It was there. It was handed to these writers on a silver platter. The producer baited the entire audience the entire time, then turned around and treated the audience like they were stupid. Bellamy and Clark hated each other then they became each other's person. And then not, it wasn't a situation where it's like, okay, they aren't going to be together. Okay, fine. They put him with the person who tried to kill her. Then they had her kill him. So mind you, these are two characters that in the novels end up together and married, who in reality got together and got married and had a kid. (laughs) And on the show, they had her kill him. It was ridiculous. They spent years telling, oh yeah, we see it too. The chemistry is there. These two belonging to each other. That's the story. And then absolutely not. It was a disaster. Most of the audience was disgusted. It was just so bad. I, I don't think I was so awed by how horrible it became. Fortunately, after a while, I just stopped watching the show. But when I found out that she killed him, I was so I was blown away that that was the decision that they decided to make. It was just horrible. I was going to watch that show until I found that out. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and it, it it was very like he's definitely going to be on my list when we talk about um. EPs that just went out of their way to make choices that were I like when I actually tell you the stuff you're gonna be like what you're gonna be very glad you never watched that show I there are so many things all right my number two ship loss um Sleepy Hollow 
yeah, Abby Mills and Ichabod Crane. So, anybody who didn't watch Sleepy Hollow, I be- it was a Fox show. It was very supernatural, which most of my shows are either medical shows or supernatural in some way. She was a cop. He was a guy from like the 15th century who got pulled forward in time. They had like destinies that were intertwined, meant to stop the apocalypse, basically. He had been married. His wife was a witch. She was lost in some weird parallel dimension. This show took the Black female lead and basically made her a secondary character in her own story. They elevated the wife, who was a... Supporting character. Supporting character... Um, and she just she didn't have wasn't interesting. The main character either. Let's not she didn't have any. Chem- she didn't have particularly good chemistry with the with the male lead. Here's the thing for me, chemistry, and I think for both of us, chemistry is always going to be the deciding factor. You can shift narratives if the chemistry is there. I don't care, but the chemistry wasn't there. And then to top it, you're basically demoting your black female character in favor of a white female character in a storyline that makes no sense to the point that she basically quit. And then the actress got basically blackballed for leaving a situation that wasn't treating her right in the first place. Yep. None of it made any sense. Then the show ultimately got canceled because acting-wise, her and the male lead were carrying that show on their back. No, fans were pissed. They actually started like trying to get it canceled. Yeah. <laughs> That's how mad they were about it. Was it was so bad and so ridiculous. It Nothing about the decisions made made any sense. I'm like, why did you think that this was going to work without her? It was her show. Everybody, and you know, they had Orlando Jones in the show. He got kicked off the show. Then she got kicked off the show. And I'm like, why are all your black characters being kicked off the show? Mm -hmm. That in and of itself was very problematic. Then getting rid of black characters, promoting white characters that didn't fit the narrative. You started the the plot saying that these two people, which was Ichabod and Abby, were meant to be the two people that saved the universe. And then all of a sudden his wife is more important than her. How? Yeah. Yeah, I know, girl. It's on my list. We're going to circle it was, back to it. Don't worry. Ugh, it was so it was just bad. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I'll never understand it. It was the biggest ship loss because they had amazing chemistry. And it yeah. just seemed obvious, like, he's going to grieve his wife. He's going to get over it, get past it, push through. And then he's going to end up with Abby. Like, they were each other's person. And they were going to save the world together did not happen okay last one but not least who new amsterdam sharp sharp <laughs> max goodwin and helen sharp oh man where to begin on this rant about how upsetting disappointing frustrating and annoying the writing on this show became. So for anyone who has not watched this show, good for you. Proud of you for making smart choices. (laughs) For the rest of us, we watched 
as oncologist Helen Sharp and medical director Max Goodwin met, became friends. She was his doctor. She gave up relationships, put herself in front of people with guns to protect this man. She saved him from cancer. She stood by his side when he lost his wife. She became his best friend, um, gave up more than one relationship to continue to support him. And eventually he figured out his mess and got through his grief and the two of them got together. Now, the problem with this is not the actors. They have outstanding chemistry and we are gonna be good on this podcast today and we're not gonna get into the behind the scenes mess or any mess. We're just gonna talk about on screen and the outstanding chemistry and the fact that their acting carried the writing in a major way. So they got together. She always wanted kids. She always wanted a family. She always wanted this man. So she decides, okay, I really need to go home. I need to get some healing. We knew from the beginning she had trauma. We find out that a lot of her trauma surrounds the fact that her fiance died and that her father abandoned her and she has a very strained relationship with her mother. They go home, she avoids her mother. That's why she went there. The writing choice made no sense. We never find out why her father left. We never get more backstory on her fiance. Her and Max get together. They're seemingly happy. She finally has a child with his daughter. They never give us scenes of them together. This makes no sense. They get, they end up doing long distance in the middle of the season. Doesn't make any sense. They get engaged. She has a stroke. She loses her ability to speak. Well, she was roofied. Then she passed out, had blood clots. Um, and not even like one blood clot, but like several. Then to the point where they thought they were going to have to take her, give her a hysterectomy. All, all of this is in one episode, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're going to, we get bombarded with black woman pain, suffering, and trauma. Then they get engaged. They are happy. She returns to London. They're having phone sex. They're having a great time. They're planning their wedding. And all of a sudden, he can't return to London. They're going to get married in New York. They set up a finale where she's supposed to fly back to New York and they are going to get married. All of a sudden, he can't get her on the phone. There's a storm. In the episode at all. She's barely in the episode. Like, we like get a, she did a two minutes of screen time. Two show. minutes of screen time. We get a message that says she had a horrible day. Everything, basically everything that could go wrong does go wrong. You end the season. The last image is he picks, he's on the roof. He's waiting to get married. He's thinking she's on her way. Picks up the phone. She's not there. She never got on the plane. We have no idea why. It's just, hey, there she's not coming so immediately obviously the entire fandom is like what the hell helen would not do that she has loved this man forever she has sacrificed for him she's devoted to him 
why is she not there? Something had to have happened, which is a seed that they planted in the episode that something happened. Roll around. Obviously, I personally took the L and was like, this ship is done. Does it matter for me? It didn't matter what they did going after that. The fact that we find out, we then find out the actress is not coming back. So not only did they cut her screen time in her very last episode, the last image we see of her is her crying alone in her apartment with the remnants of the family that is no longer there. But we find out she's not coming back. So there's no way to fix the mess. And then you roll around to the new season and the answer is a letter where she doesn't know why she didn't show up. There's no actual explanation. So her, now for, I think we've talked about this, that if Helen had said to Max, hey, I realize I have some trauma I need to work out. I need to do some healing. I don't want to make us a family before I figure out my stuff. I don't want to inflict that on you. I don't want to inflict that on you, Luna. Fine. I could accept that. Wouldn't have loved it. Would have hated losing the ship, but that would have made sense for me. If they did that in her last season on the show and you see her go to London, if they had broken them up and at the end, in the back half of this the season, they say, you know what? These two are not going to be together. She's going to heal things with her mom. She wants a baby. She's going to go find a sperm donor, get IVF. And the last scene we see of her is her finding out that she's pregnant. Fine. I would have taken that because at least this character as an individual from where she started in the pilot to where she ended had a full, complete arc and the closer that she needed as a character. So I could have taken the L on the ship, but I got the L on the ship and the L on the character because they never dealt with any of her stuff. And then they broke them up when it would have been insanely easy to just marry them off last season and leave her in London off screen for the final season because it's only like 10 episodes anyway. 13. 13. Well, see, that that's how much I know because I stopped watching. <laughs> but I mean, and I say this is somebody who watched Arrow and like I said, they lost their female lead and what did they do? Keep her off, se- off screen for the final season. They explained yeah. it away. They were married. They had a baby. They kept her off screen with the kid. And then they did their final season. It really is not that hard to do that. But they did not. And then they decided in their final season, they were going to shove him in a relationship with somebody else after spending four years building Sharkwin. And then bring back the image of Helen to push him to make that relationship somehow more meaningful. That this new relationship somehow more meaningful, which is ridiculous and insulting and at this point they could do a hell mary in the last 30 seconds of the series and it still doesn't make up for how horribly they handled this relationship and so like overall the last two seasons 
yeah, it, it's such a big turnoff. Like, I don't even want to see the old clips of them. Yeah. Like, I, I can't watch them because I'm just like, ugh. This, there are so many ways. Like, if she went on to be happy and then he went into this new relationship, I could have enjoyed their little bubble and still been like, okay, she's off somewhere happy and now he's off somewhere happy. And I could have taken that and it would have been fine. But the way it was handled is so icky. And of course, as we as I go back to saying, showrunners, like this showrunner deleted his Twitter because <laughs> he was getting hammered so consistently about how mediocre the writing became on this show, how inconsistent it came to be. Like, it was so bad, no continuity between episodes, no follow through on storylines that they set up within the same season. <laughs> the spinoff of the show got canceled after like eight episodes because, hey, why wouldn't yeah. it be when this is the way it's written? Just yeah, a Sharp mess. Is our biggest loss. That is hands down the biggest ship loss I've ever had. It, I cannot believe that you took that, those actors, that chemistry, the buildup that you had for years. And that's what you did with it. And it's more annoying knowing that they knew a year in advance that she wanted to leave and they still didn't handle her exit well. And then to top it off, villainized her with it. Like that's your only black female lead on your show. And you make her the bad guy who left him at the altar for no reason. Yeah. Because now like, the audience and that's very problematic in media because when you have interracial relationship there's already this weird stigma stigma and there's already this ingrained bias in a lot of people like just flat out racism that they don't think that she's deserving of him in the first place mm -hmm. and it's now in a situation where so many people don't remember the fact that she had multiple boyfriends leave, leave her because she put him first they yeah. don't remember the fact that she is the one who saved his life. All they remember is that she left him at the altar. All they remember is his daughter being like, where's mom? And she's just not there. So they completely threw her character under the bus and it doesn't make sense. It's, it just felt, it still feels to me very spiteful. Mm -hmm. Like she decided to leave. So everything is her fault. This is, we're just going to make everything her fault. Yeah. Yeah jump into the ones we have and I think it's a couple of ours like overlap so yeah sharp one for me is number one as well then here's here, what you were just mentioning whenever there's an interracial couple um, we've taken some losses so my other losses is Jenny and Mike from Pitch oh, oh my god oh my god we got one season very much so enemies to friends to lovers and we tried. But this was also at a time where Fox was kind of canceling everything. I think Megan Good also had a show um, mm -hmm. at the same time. And hers got canceled as well. And a lot of people of color just kind of completely stopped watching Fox. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think I of what too. the first show I've watched on Fox was. Probably maybe The Resident, maybe. I don't know. But I'm very untrusting of Fox. Yeah, me too. Um, the, the Resident is the first, like 
in a while because mm-hmm. that and I, that's the only show that I now watch on you know that and what's our other show um the cleaning lady yeah those are the only two that I watch on there right now because of what happened in that span of time that network was doing a lot of weird and seemingly shady things and yeah Mm -hmm. but I I mean at least that show was canceled so we took the L because the show was canceled not because the writing was avoiding the obvious at Fox for sure yeah Yeah. because they were definitely leaning into that (laughs) potential like the oh they were so so cute like just watching them on the phone together and that's what i love about a ship when their phone conversations just seem super intimate like you could just watch them sit on the phone and talk to each other because i mean we had some olivia fitz phone conversations that were like okay (laughs) they were doing a lot they were doing a lot they were doing the most (laughs) but yeah that was i really loved mike and jenny and just some of their phone conversations when he would be like stressed and aggravated and you just see him scrolling through his phone and he would just call her and they would just talk and it's like they just pan out from these two talking Mm -hmm. they had outstanding chemistry like i think the scene that i still like remember vividly from them was like uh what was it the the nude baseball shoots yeah <laughs> photo shoot and then like her peeking around the curtain to see him and two of them like backing up and peeking around the curtain to see each other I was like oh my god they're so great that was cute yes and then also one other one that overlaps for me and you is Ichabod and Abby yeah <sighs> also Fox yeah, I did Nicole Bahari very dirty. Um, there was a lot of racial aspects going on behind the scenes, on the show. It just dissolved into a mess. Um, and Nicole Bahari, to be honest, is still kind of recovering career-wise from that yeah. mess, which is very upsetting because she is a phenomenal <laughs> actress. Um, she has one of the best episodes of Black Mirror. It was nominated for a lot of awards with Anthony Mackie. And she's just phenomenal. I she's just such a great actress, I and mean, I'm still very upset with what happened. Um, but yeah, uh, my distrust for Fox. I'm, I don't know what to say. Yeah, like just from seeing her in what was it, Forty Two? Mm-hmm. I, I just remember seeing her in Forty Two, thinking, "My God, you she's so have to good." Watch her Black Mirror episode because she was acting down. Okay, I saw, I saw like a the restaurant. It's like the restaurant scene. Yes, but you gotta her, watch like, the and I'm just like for context because yeah, and I remember really seeing good. that and thinking like this woman can act. Right. I, I never understood the decisions that were made on that show because she's so incredibly talented and yeah you're right she has suffered career-wise this entire time and she's been trying to like claw her way back up it's like she got blackballed and look let me tell you how good she is so she was recently in scenes from a marriage with um jessica chastain and they have like a fairly long scene together so i would say it's like a monologue really and she ate up jessica chastain i saw that i saw (laughs) that scene I thought that's that how good she is, and they're both from Juilliard as well, which is really cool. But she's just so good, and it's just it's really frustrating to not see her on like you know a bigger scale. Um, because she should be like she should be, you know, a more household name, and working in shows that are you know pop culture ish, as well as like these deep and meaningful. Um, 
projects as well. And it, it just doesn't sit right with me that somebody like she has an Angela Bassett kind of talent. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's not being utilized just all because of that one specific show and them basically like the drama behind the scenes for that. And then basically acting like she was just being too high sedity and too whatever when she was trying to put her health and her own you know medical issues yeah ahead it just it just doesn't sit right with me it's just very weird and it's so weird because we have so many you know interracial or squirrel ships and you always find that the black female character takes so much of the weight and the burden Mm -hmm. and the criticism in those situations because people are just so uncomfortable it's like how are you this way it's 2022 seriously and that's why i'm a tony goldwyn stan aka fitzgerald grant the third tony goldwyn at every opportunity praised and just made it very clear who the lead was in that show and i love him down put that out there yeah i mean i those are my i love a leading man who is just like i am going to ride for my leading lady like they are going to step up and especially i mean in any situation because they know misogyny is real and they're always going to pick apart the women for anything and especially when it's an interracial ship and they're just like love them and respect them and promote them and show the audience like no you don't get to treat her this way I, yeah. I those are the guys that I really, really, really as leading men, I love those guys. I mean, we have what is it? Um, Novin on Queen Sugar. Oh, great. That's Long. another one. Yeah. He is always just like, she's amazing. I adore her. She's great. And I just love that because it's needed. Black women need to be uh protected in that way in those situations because mm-hmm. they are attacked like consistently unfortunately and it's oh, it's like, very you sad the ugly stuff people used to say on twitter about uh, olivia and carrie on scant like like it's awful online it, um, it really <laughs> and people oh no that doesn't happen yeah it really does if you think that it doesn't happen it happens all the time i wasn't you know i've never been a diehard flash fan but Iris as a character, Candace is an actress. She gets bullied consist like that show has been on like eight years, and people are still bitching about it just because of her race. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Don't watch the show then, but it's still a problem. Michonne and Rick are have been together for forever. They're married. They have kids, and it's still oh, you know I don't think they and it's always that weird. I don't think they look good together. And I'm like, you are so superficial because it's not everything is about, you know, one, she's stunning. Two, he's a smoke show. They look amazing together, but it's also their personalities just fit. And there's, but there's always this undercurrent and just the insults and the weirdness. It's like, God, grow up and stop living under a rock. It's very weird and very unfortunate, but... Fortunately for us, those ships, it's becoming more of a consistent thing, a mainstay where, you know, writers are just going with 
the chemistry chemistry and what works for the characters instead of saying the the relationships need to look this way mm-hmm. or the characters need to look this way when it's just not authentic to who the characters are so that is a bonus I think we've we've hit all of our you know our top five our honorable mentions and our biggest losses we have yes yeah we did it we did it so I guess up next we still have a couple of shows you want to do obviously we want to do one where we get into the EPs and the madness that they've done and how they've trashed some of their own shows with the decisions that they made um we got some shows coming up for sure we 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 want to get into um we're probably going to do our lord of the rings watch (laughs) so funny that's gonna be so funny like a bottle of wine and two of us watching lord of the rings watch i think we can do a party watch on amazon prime where we both watch it at the same time Oh, God, that's going to be so hilarious. (laughs) So chaotic. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then we definitely want to do what award show is coming up because we need to do predictions. Um, Golden Globes and the SAGs. But, yeah, I don't want to put it out there because you got to plan it and, you know, all that. But, yeah, we definitely have some more shows coming up. Um, We also want to thank you guys so much for, you know, following and reviewing the podcast. Um, but yeah, that concludes this one, and we're going to be back soon. We definitely have the Golden Globes coming up in award season, and I have a lot to say about that. And um, The Last of Us. The Golden Might. Globes coming back to TV for the first time in a, two years. In a long, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. And they're, you know, including some, you know, media that they didn't necessarily, or that they don't necessarily normally, you know, focus on, like Angela Bassett for a marvel Marvel. movie yeah which is kind of new so we definitely have some stuff to get into it's gonna be great it is so thank you guys for joining us and we'll be back soon bye bye